Welcome to Zen Bites, where we blend ancient wisdom and business continuity, empowering mindful entrepreneurs to create a CX-focused Zen lifestyle business. Thank you for joining me. I'm Shane Dima, and this week's Zen Bite focuses on self-awareness. Now, research suggests that when we see ourselves clearly, as we do when we're self-aware, we are more confident and more creative. We make sounder decisions, build stronger relationships, and communicate more effectively. We're also less likely to lie, cheat, and steal. We're better workers, who get more promotions, and we're more effective leaders with more satisfied employees and more profitable companies. Now, according to Better Up, some of the benefits of self-awareness are that it gives us the power to influence outcomes. It helps us become better decision makers. It gives us more self-confidence. So as a result, we communicate with clarity and intention. It allows us to understand things from multiple perspectives. It frees us from our assumptions and biases. It helps us build better relationships. It gives us a greater ability to regulate our emotions. It decreases stress. And it just makes us happier. Now, research has identified three surprising findings. The first finding is that there are actually two types of self-awareness. Now, the first is internal self-awareness which represents how clearly we see our own values, passions, aspirations, fit with our environment, reactions, including thoughts, feelings, behaviors, strengths, and weaknesses, and impact on others. Now, internal self-awareness is associated with higher job and relationship satisfaction, personal and social control, and happiness is negatively related to anxiety, stress, and depression. Now, the second type of self-awareness is external self-awareness, which means that means understanding how other people view us in terms of those same factors that I just spoke of. People who know how, to, how others see them are, are really more skilled at showing empathy and taking others' perspectives. Now, with that in mind, the Urich Group has identified four leadership archetypes based on their research. These are self-awareness archetypes. And the first is the introspectors. They're high, they have high internal self-awareness but low external self-awareness 
They're clear on who they are, but don't challenge their own views or search for blind spots by getting feedback from others. And this can harm their relationships and limit their success. The next group is the aware. Now they're high on internal self-awareness and high on external self-awareness. They know who they are, what they want to accomplish, and seek out and value others' opinions. This is where leaders begin to fully realize the true benefits of self-awareness. The next type we have is the seekers. They have low internal self-awareness and low external self-awareness. They don't yet know who they are, what they stand for, or how their teams see them or coworkers see them. As a result, they might feel stuck or frustrated with their performance in relationships. And lastly, we have the pleasers. They have low internal self-awareness and high external self-awareness. So they're the exact opposite of the introspectors. Now they can be so focused on appearing a certain way to others that they could be overlooking what matters to them. And over time, they tend to make choices that aren't in service of their own success and fulfillment. So the bottom line is that self-awareness isn't one truth. It's a delicate balance of two distinct, even competing viewpoints. Now the second finding is that experience and power hinder self-awareness. Now contrary to popular belief, studies have shown that people do not always learn from experience. That expertise just doesn't help people root out false information. And that seeing ourselves as highly experienced can keep us from doing our homework seeking disconfirming evidence and questioning our assumptions. And just as experience can lead to a false sense of confidence about our performance, it can also make us overconfident about our level of self-knowledge. Now, even though most people believe they are self-aware, only about 10 to 15% of the people uh, that your group studied actually fit the criteria. And similarly, the more power someone holds, the more likely they are to overestimate their skills and abilities. And research found that people who improved their external self-awareness did so by seeking out feedback from loving critics. That is, people who have their best interests in mind and are willing to tell them the truth. To ensure they don't overreact or overcorrect based on one person's opinion, they also gut check difficult or surprising feedback with others. Now, the last finding, number three, is that introspection doesn't always improve self-awareness. 
I know it's so widely assumed that introspection, examining the cause of our own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors improves our self-awareness. After all, what better way to know yourself than by reflecting on why you are the way you are? Yet one of the most surprising findings is that people who introspect are less self-aware and report worse job satisfaction and well-being. See, the problem with introspection is that isn't that it's a categorically ineffective solution. It's that most people are doing it incorrectly. So let's look at this. Um, let's look at arguably the most common introspective question. Why? And we ask this when trying to understand our emotions or our behavior or our attitudes. As it turns out, why is a surprisingly ineffective self-awareness question. And research has shown that we simply do not have access to many of the unconscious thoughts, feelings, and motives we're searching for. And because so much is trapped outside of our own conscious awareness, well, we tend to invent answers that feel true but are often wrong. Consequently, the problem with asking why isn't just how wrong we are, but how confident we are that we are right. The human mind rarely operates in a rational fashion, and our judgments are seldom free from bias. We tend to pounce on whatever insights we find without questioning their validity or value. We ignore contradictory evidence, and we force our... So if why isn't the right introspective question, is there a better one? To increase productive self-insight and decrease unproductive rumination, we should ask what, not why. What questions help us stay objective, future-focused, and empowered to act on our new insights? Self-awareness isn't one truth. It's a delicate balance of two distinct and often competing viewpoints. So you ask, how can I become a more self-aware person then? Well, envision yourself. Visualize the best version of yourself. Ideal selves reflect our hopes, dreams, aspirations, and speak to our skills, abilities, achievements, and accomplishments that we wish to attain. And as you lean into your strengths to become the better version of yourself, you can use this idealized self to keep moving in the right direction and not be distracted by setbacks and other obstacles. Also, ask the what questions. At the core of self-awareness is the ability to self-reflect. However, most people are going about it the wrong way. The trouble is we ask ourselves the wrong questions. 
In our attempt to resolve internal conflict, we ask why. Yet there's no way to answer that question since we don't have access to our unconscious. Instead, we make up answers that may not be accurate. The danger of the why question is that it sends us down the rabbit hole of our negative thoughts. We focus on our weaknesses and insecurities. Asking the what question puts us into the objective and open space of considering all the factors influencing a particular outcome. With self-awareness, we can examine old patterns and stories that do not serve us, and then we can move on. Asking the right questions empowers us to make different choices that bring different results. Another way is to use your brain. Now, the amygdala, also called the primitive brain, was the first part of the brain to develop in humans. It functioned as kind of a radar, signaling the need to run away or fight back. And that part of the brain is skilled at anticipating danger and reacts before we can even name a negative emotion. Our heart races, our stomach tightens, and our neck muscles tense up. Your body's reaction is a tripwire signaling the prefrontal cortex to register a name or name a negative emotion. If you bring awareness to your physical state, you can at that moment recognize the emotion as it's happening. So becoming skillful at this rewires your brain. Naming your feelings is critical in decision making. When we let our feelings overwhelm us, we can make bad decisions with unintended consequences. Naming your emotions allows you to make to take a third-person perspective, to stand back and more objectively evaluate what's going on. And another thing you do is ask others about their perception of you. Now that you've discovered that feedback doesn't have to be scary, Ask other people how they perceive you in certain situations. Getting specific will help you give help to give you the most concrete feedback. Be brave and ask them how they would like to see you behave. And last, well, the next is to keep a journal. Journaling is a great way to pay attention to what's going on in your private and public self. It'll also help you to recognize patterns that either serve you or not. You might even use some prompts like these. What did I do well today? What challenge did I face? What was I feeling? How did I respond? In retrospect, would I respond it differently? What strengths did I use to keep, to keep me focused and on the best version of myself? What is my intention for tomorrow? And lastly, practice mindfulness. Mindfulness is a practice. It helps you to be aware of what's going on in your mind, body, and environment. Meditation is one of the few practices that you can insert into your daily life. And practicing mindfulness is a wonderful tool for developing greater self-control. So the road to self-discovery, well, the road to 
self-awareness rather is a journey the most self-aware people see themselves on a quest to mastery rather than at a particular destination as you move forward in developing your self-awareness ask yourself regularly how will you move toward the best version of yourself today I want to thank you for joining me and I look forward to next week until then Stay clear, focused, and on purpose. Thanks for listening to Zen Bites, where we just blended ancient wisdom and business continuity, empowering you to create a CX-focused Zen lifestyle business. 